Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wealth Conversation podcast with me, Tsitsi Mutiti. I guide high-achieving women on their journey to build lasting wealth so they can prepare for an abundant future in every area of their life. I hope that today's episode will help you to transform your relationship with money so you can make the choices that will enable you to create the opportunities and lasting wealth that you desire. Let's get straight into this week's episode. This episode is all about pensions. I have invited my friend, chartered financial planner and certified financial coach, Michelle Lambel, to give us a basic rundown of what pensions are and why we should all have one. Michelle started her career in financial services in 1999 as an assistant investment manager. After taking a career break to look after her young family, she returned to financial services in 2013, initially in a part-time role within a credit union. In late 2017, Michelle achieved the status of Chartered Financial Planner and Fellow of the Personal Finance Society. She has a passion for providing financial advice, guidance and education to everyone, regardless of their gender, age or current circumstances, and specializes in all aspects of pensions, including pensions on divorce, retirement planning and investments. Welcome, Michelle, to the Wealth Conversation podcast. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here today. I'm glad to have you. Um, I am super excited that you are going to talk to us about pensions because it's something I get asked about a lot. But before we get into that, could you share a little bit more about yourself and your background? So first and foremost, Itzi, I am a mum to two beautiful girls who are 15 and 17, and I'm a wife. And then second, I'm a chartered financial planner and a certified financial coach. And my real passion is to provide advice, guidance and education to everyone, regardless of their gender or their circumstances. And I also love pensions. So that's a bit about me. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of people who deal with pensions actually say they love them and people who don't deal with pensions like why? But we are going to find out exactly why during this podcast episode. What motivated you um, to pursue a career in financial services? So like many others in the sort of industry, I initially fell into financial services due to my circumstances. So my background was I, I sort of investment management. I then had my children came out for a bit, but I decided consciously to go back in to the financial planning side. And the reason for that was my experiences, really. So I was married. I was then divorced. I was then a single parent. I was then lost both my parents within a very short time frame. So all of that really spurred me on to, to have my career. Great. That's amazing. Now, Michelle, as we were, as I was saying before, I'm constantly approached by women, especially who have no idea about pensions, you know, how to read their pension statements. Um, they're concerned about not having enough for retirement. And actually, that's one of my key concerns about when I retire. Um, but the first thing I say to people who approach me is I'm not qualified to advise you on pensions. You have to speak to a financial planner or a pensions advisor. In your opinion, why is it important that individuals seek advice from a pension specialist? 
So really, pensions come in so many different forms. Some are really simple and some are more complex, mainly due to the ever-changing pensions legislation that we have. So the rules are different. And in, in the sort of pensions world, it is scheme rules, rule, plan rules, rule. So we can have overarching rules, but then each scheme or plan may have its own underlying rules, which will ultimately determine what you get. So this is where a pension specialist becomes really beneficial because they're familiar with different types of pensions from experience, but also some of the quirks that many of the older pensions have, and there are quite a few. So there's different types of pensions around. So you'll hear the words final salary. So this is a, a guaranteed pension provided by your employer. Doesn't cost you anything once you're taking your pension and there's no risk to you. But there is also the personal pension where you do pay the charges, where you are open to investment risk and what that brings. So the pension specialist will have an overarching view of all of those things and the other, I suppose, you know, main quirks underneath, which may then affect your decision. So the, the pension specialist really just provides that little bit of extra advice. And if they specialise in retirement planning, they can build you a retirement plan, which is what most people seek as they move further through life. Yeah, I think that's so true. It's the pension is part of that retirement plan. So I guess when people are well, well, when they have all these questions about pensions, it's really about what is my plan for retirement and can this vehicle help me fulfill that plan or the, the desired plan? I look after pensions in terms of the underlying investments, but yeah, I agree with you. They are so complicated, even for me as a investment manager working in financial services full-time. So definitely seeking advice from a specialist is the best thing I always say to people because you you guys have got up-to-date information on rules and regulations about pensions. You, you've mentioned that there's like so many different types of pensions, but how would you describe a pension in its simplest form to someone who isn't really financially savvy? So a pension is simply savings made over time, which have been invested and placed inside a pensions wrapper. And the pensions wrapper merely provides the taxation rules and the access rules to that pension. So what I often use with clients is, I use my favorite sweet, which is a quality street coffee penny. So if you think of the toffee suite itself, that is the pension funds you've saved, and that's what's invested. And the shiny gold wrapper gives you the rules that apply to that pension. So it is merely a wrapper. Pension is not scary. It is an investment just wrapped in something else. I love that. Oh, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that analogy from now on. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> so, Michelle, do you believe that everyone should have a pension? And when would you say people should start contributing to a pension? Well, in terms of contributing to a pension, I would say absolutely everyone should have one. And I would say, you know, we all want to retire and we all want to enjoy later life. Now, on average, retirement can be around 30 years of our life. So it's a very big chunk of time. 
So the best time to start a pension is yesterday, as soon as you possibly can. Second best time is today. And it's definitely never too late, even if you're, you know, later life in your 50s, because you still have time to put money into the pension to allow it to grow. And that's where we have sort of the magic of compounding. So the earlier you start your investment, the more you're going to gain more growth on growth. And it has an amazing effect on your pension. So whatever you can afford, I believe, you know, that's what you should do. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I was going to ask when should people start, but also, is it ever too late to to start contributing? Because that's another question that I find um, people are concerned about that maybe they had they didn't really understand what a pension was or how important it would be to them because it just seemed so far away you know and most people have their pensions through their employer but they don't really understand how those work are there any benefits to an employee contributing to a pension via their employer? And if so, what are these benefits? So when you're asked to start contributing to a company pension, it's easy to be put off because you're going to take a reduction in your money. However, what you're doing is you're giving up some of your income you earn today that you may not need to provide an income later in life. So if your employer offers you a pension, they'll also contribute on your behalf. So a big benefit is that's free money that's going to boost your pension value. And in addition, the charges are often much lower with these type of pensions. So you've got, again, a further boost to your pension fund that will help. So, yes, I believe if you, you know, you have an affordability to make some savings to your pension, most definitely there are big benefits and and free money which nobody really wants to to pass up oh yeah definitely i don't <laughs> yeah so does it really so if your employer is contributing to your pension um and you decide to contribute is there a sort of minimum contribution you have to make so is under the ex- current current rules um your employer would pay five percent of your salary and you would pay three which would give you a minimum contribution of eight percent so that's that's quite good it's starting to build up your fund but you can choose to pay more if you want to however even just starting with that minimum is going to give you a really good start to your pension and you just increase that as and when you can i i learned how that equation worked very early on and just started with the the minimum I could. And obviously, as your career progresses and hopefully your basic income increases, everything just just increases with it, doesn't it? And can people put in um, sort of a, a lump sum here and there if they've got extra money coming in? Often schemes will allow that, yes. So you can put in, again, it's down to the schemes or the plans, individual rules, but on in most counts, yes, you can do. Okay, so we've talked about the basics for people who are employed. What about the self-employed? What are the benefits for them for contributing to a pension? So if you are self-employed, you won't have that automatic boost to your pension funds from an employer as it would be because you're now working for yourself but there are still benefits you're still building that retirement for income and particularly if you own your own limited company there is the additional benefit that 
if you make the contribution from the employer, so your limited company on your behalf, that's an allowable expense. So that reduces your profits upon which corporation tax is charged. So you are reducing your corporation tax, but also boosting your pension fund. So that has sort of different merits for different people. And some people want to be able to extract their profits from their business in a more tax efficient way. And that is certainly one that many of my clients use. Oh, that's really useful information because, yeah, I I know a lot of women who are, you know, looking at becoming self-employed. And sometimes one of the things they worry about is losing that pension uh, facility, but actually their company, their business can actually um, contribute and they benefit. It's it's actually a tax efficient way of potentially taking money out of the business, isn't it? And you're saving for later on down, down the line when you retire. Exactly. And you can only contribute to a maximum of £40,000 with the tax relief because that's our annual allowance that we have. On the sort of flip side, if you were doing it as a personal contribution, you can only contribute up to your salary, not including dividends. So having an employer contribution will allow you to contribute more in a year than if you just used your salary. Oh, that's very interesting. Thank you for mentioning that. So a lot of young people believe that, you know, they're they're not earning enough to contribute to a pension. Um, So the initial thought is to opt out of the employer pension scheme. What would you say to a young person who is undecided about opting into his or her workplace pension scheme? So opting out isn't usually the most sensible decision. But as you say, younger people see retirement as that thing that's far, far out in the distance. However, it is worth sort of, you know, reiterating that free money from your employer. So, yes, you may only make the three percent, but they will put in five percent. So it is free money that you're receiving. So making the minimum contribution, you receive tax relief to your pension too. So as you pay money in, you have tax relief added. Now that can be in different ways depending on how your pension scheme is set up, but ultimately you will receive tax relief. So you have further free money added on top of the employer pension. So tax relief is generally at 20%, so the same rate as your income tax, but if you are obviously higher earner you can claim more but as we always say you know you should ideally start contributing to the pension as soon as you're financially able to and even small amounts with that magic of compounding will help to grow you know into a larger pension fund and let you have that comfortable retirement which is so important yeah I agree 100 percent Michelle, is there a point when it's too late to start contributing to a pension? Definitely not. Many people don't realise that you can contribute to a pension, even if you've given up work or you've taken some of your pension savings already. So as long as you're a UK resident, you're under 75 and you can still save into your pension, you can get your tax relief. So this is an added boost to your pension that you can use. And, and further building your fund to take at a later date. So definitely no, you know, there is there is no too late. That is really useful information. I didn't realize some of that, that even if you've re- when you've retired, you can still put money in, I guess, as long as it's affordable for you to do that, right? 
as long as it's affordable and as long as it's within sort of earnings if you're working part-time so you may have access mm. some of your pension so it is within your earnings um or to sort of the lower limit of about I think it's 3,600 but again it's still a further boost to your pension you know it still helps accumulate some money while you may have some disposable income yeah and this is why people should st- speak to pension specialists because they might actually be missing out on on things because a lot of us just assume that you know you get your pen you save in your pension and then you get your pension income on a monthly basis when you retire but actually there are all these other options from retirement age until 75 where you can still maximize the pension so obviously with a pension too you also have you know, the inheritance tax benefits that it brings. So if the money is within a pension wrapper, it is passed free of inheritance tax, as long as there are sort of very certain rules that may negate that. But on the whole, it is free of inheritance tax to pass to your family. So if you are still building pension funds in later life, that is a way of passing your funds tax efficiently. So you get free money, you get a bit of boost in terms of tax relief, and then you can pass it on to the next generation with no tax to pay as well. I mean, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Well, Michelle, I know that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to pensions, but I felt it was important that we start right with the basics and I will definitely be calling you back so we can sort of dig a bit deeper into some of the other um, points about pensions. So thank you so much for sharing what you know on pensions. Now, as you know, I believe that to create true wealth, we must all be clear on what wealth means to us in each area of our life. So in a few words, please, could you share with us what wealth means to you in terms of your physical, mental, spiritual, social, and financial well-being? Absolutely. Um, So first of all, physical well-being, I think it's really important that we look after ourselves to the best of our ability so we can do the things now and in the future. And it's not always been the case, but it is something that I am trying to to do as I as I go forward with mental well-being. I need time to switch off. I need that space. So, you know, to me, being wealthy in that area is giving myself that time to escape. Spiritual well-being, this was something I have really explored up until quite recently. I've been sort of having a go at meditation and bits and pieces, and it's actually good. It is good for me. So I, I can definitely see that becoming more wealthy in that area is a good thing for me. Social well-being, that's my family and friends. It's so important that I spend time with them and not just think about pensions. And financial well-being, for me, being wealthy in that area is being comfortable enough and protected enough to have make choices in my life that are in line with my values and doing the things I'd like to do. I absolutely love that. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those with us. How can anyone listening to this episode get in touch with you if they would like more pensions advice? So I'm based in Dorset and our office is in a small market town called Wimborne. But you can get in touch with me um, and read more about my background on our company website. So I work with the Minster Partnership and you can get in touch with me directly on Instagram or Facebook under Michelle Lambell Money. I will uh, put the link to your Instagram profile in the show notes and also a link to the website. So it's easy for people to find you. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your 
great depth of pension knowledge. I can see why you love, love, love pensions. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. It's been, it's been lovely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Connect with me at The Wealth Conversation on Facebook and Instagram so we can continue the discussion. Also, if you enjoy tuning into this podcast, make sure to leave a rating and review everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Until next week, stay focused on becoming the designer of your financial future.